Hello, everyone. Welcome to the regular exclusive podcast with Jace and Renee. And we got a big one for you today, people. We're, this is our last October podcast. I mean, it's technically going to come out in November, but we're counting it. it uh, but we are talking about one hell of a scary movie, Barbarian. <laughs> and hell yeah, it's a good way to end the month, I feel like. It's the only way, I think, to end the the spookiest month of the year <laughs> with a nice spooky treat for everybody. In a year that we've had a lot of great horror movies, and this is just a great little tying a bow on top of it. Yeah, honestly, like it's I mean, I feel like every horror movie I've seen, I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, I can't believe I feel like on a normal year, we'd get like a couple, you know, like Mm -hmm. two to three really great ones. But this year, it's almost like every bit every horror movie that's been coming out. I'm like, holy fuck, how are these all so good? What the hell? I I mean, not what the hell? Like, I love it. I'm here for it. It's just a little surprising. Yeah, It's like a little like scary movie renaissance, but I'm here for it. Give me all of them (laughs) and make them even better than they have been. It's it's great. Uh, well, this week has been a very busy week, so I haven't really been watching as much as I'd like to. It's been mostly uh, reality TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. That's always good when it's really busy. It's like a perfect <laughs> way to unwind, you know? Yeah, you, you can just like half watch it. It's great. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like watching baseball. You just look at your phone until you hear a sound, and then you look up and see what the action is. It's great. Yeah, fuck baseball, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not a fan, but I'm not either. I'm just saying you don't have to pay attention to it. That's why that's it's kind true. Of, that's why it's OK. I actually did try out a, a reality show this week. I wanted to ask real quick if you've ever seen it, because I Hit just me. assume you've seen everything. <laughs> um, F Boy Island on HBO. Is that HBO. No, I've heard about it. And I know that like I think Nikki Glazer like she's the hosts, host. like, yeah, she's so the host funny. of it. Is it good? Oh, it's inc- it's it's really good. Like I, I mean, I love. I'll get into like a fucking reality show, but my sister got me to watch this one and was like, I don't, I can't explain why it's different than other dating shows, but it is. And I was like, oh, sure. And I had the same things at the beginning. It's basically like three girls dating all these guys, and half of them are f boys, fuck boys, for yeah. those of you not in the know, <laughs> and uh, the other half are nice guys. And at first, like the first half of the show is them like dating all these guys. And then each week they submit for elimination and then they find out, are you eliminating a nice guy or a fuck boy? But the funny part is once they're eliminated, they don't go home. The nice boys go to like this resort and they're all just hanging out, just being homies, like playing around. It's like this really nice place. The fuck boys go to like a like a a camp where they're like (laughs) living on the beach in filth and they're like. They have like shit food and then they have to go to like training every day and like like they have to go to therapy and like learn about their F boy ways and how to be a better a better human being, basically. (laughs) And it's actually it's fucking hilarious. And then like halfway through, they do just just tell you who's who. But it's interesting. So it's definitely different. I will say It's, it's a good one. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to give that a try. It's it's funny. I I love HBO. Like I think of of all the the networks like. I trust I trust HBO the most with a new show. Like Same. if it's a new thing, back like, I'll give it a try. It's HBO, so it's just funny to imagine what an HBO reality show looks like. It's great, honestly. <laughs> I was I was very into it, and every week when they get eliminated, it's like nice guy, 
nice try. And then with the F boys, it's F boy, F by. And I <laughs> fucking love it. It's really funny. But yeah, I think at the end, the big twist is like the, the F boys get to choose. They either can split the money with the girl if she picks an F boy or they can take it all and, and ditch her. But mm. there's a, there's another twist on that, which is really great. But yeah, it's it's a fun show. I recommend it. You'd like it. All right. Yeah, that, that's all I needed. I needed one recommendation for it. Now I'm going to watch it for sure. Yeah, you'll. Uh, I, apparently there's a second season already on there. I was pretty excited because I binged like the first season in like two days. <laughs> it's really watchable. You'll like it. Nice. Well, one thing that I did watch and I'm excited to talk with you about it is there's a couple good trailers for some stuff out. And, you know, this week is really it's it's a Marvel trailer week. Always a good time. We got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Hell yeah. And it looks like a it looks like a ride. It really does. I was like, I mean, I personally will say up front, I love both the Ant-Man movies. I know that a lot Agreed. of people aren't big fans of them for some reason, but I think they're just delightful and they're smaller scale, but like that, I mean, literally it fits for Ant-Man. But <laughs> I think they've been great and just really fun and like not super serious. And I've enjoyed them. However, after seeing this trailer, it feels like because Peyton Reed is the director. He's done the first two and now he's doing the third one. And he just directed. He's been directing a couple episodes of Mandalorian. I, I noticed it looked oh. like he was flexing those muscles here. I was going to say it has a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. Yeah, mm -hmm. Like it's in space, but it's technically Super it's technically small. not in the space, quantum but yeah, realm. the quantum realm, <laughs> yeah. which I, yeah, I'm curious about all that. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure also this made me think of like Loki, the show and mm -hmm. the TVA. Like, I don't know. Did they ever confirm, but that shit's definitely in the quantum realm. I would assume. No, or I guess maybe it could be. It looks it's out, like it. it's outside of time. That's what I'm saying. Which, I think it's the, yeah, quantum, the quantum realm. realm Maybe, yeah. I don't know. They went traveling through there for fucking Endgame, and so I thought, like, it seems like it would be the place. But also, Kang is in this trailer again. They're in the Quantum Realm. He's also in Loki, taking over the TVA. I I'm love it. excited to see Jonathan Majors. Oh, he's He was great as the first Kang that we saw, and I just I think it's cool that we're going to see different versions of him in all these yeah. movies. The only thing about this trailer that I did not like was Evangeline Lilly's haircut. I just hate her in general. <laughs> she's a total bitch. No offense. <laughs> I don't want to talk shit about another female, but also she's like super anti-vax and like protests against wearing masks and all that shit. So it sounds like she's just a piece of shit human. So I feel like they just saddled her with that haircut because she's such a bitch. They're like, whatever. <laughs> also, has she done anything interesting with the wasp character? Not at all. I could give yeah. a fuck about her. Sorry. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take. Fuck Evangeline Lily. I liked her on Lost, but that's it. Oh, man. I will say seeing Bill Murray in the trailer was fun. I heard yeah. that he's like an ex-boyfriend of uh, what's her face? Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer from oh, like the quantum realm great. when she was like down there for like 25 years. So, I, I mean, that's going to be a fun energy. That's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then the other thing that, that we saw, the other trailer we saw was the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Yeah. And I mean, I am, I'm actually really looking forward to see how this turns out because it's super weird. It's super 
obscure. Looks delightful, honestly. <laughs> it's a real turn from like action superhero things. And it's going to be either really great or it's going to be super weird. But <laughs> introducing Kevin Bacon, they had me there. I think that was wonderful. That's the other thing that I'm interested to see. So this this and um and then she hulk they actually like have real people playing themselves like celebrities playing themselves so it's like how far are we going to take this where yeah. <laughs> like we are having actors playing themselves in marvel movies with other actors playing superheroes like are we going to go full like the boys where like we yeah. start seeing actors being portrayed or superheroes being portrayed by actors in the marvel cinematic universe or they're like acting as themselves like in the boys literally yeah <laughs> or like uh in the in the hawkeye show they have the play they have the, oh, the yeah. broadway play <laughs> <laughs> that shit but yeah it's gonna be fun I love Kevin Bacon and I love the ongoing jokes of Kevin Bacon. Is he still the greatest hero on earth? Like that they think he's like one of the original <laughs> Avengers because Will talks about him so much. <laughs> I just think it's wonderful. And again, I just, I'm the guardians are fun movies. They mm -hmm. have a surprising amount of depth, but for this, it looks like it's just fun and I'm here for it. Cause it sounds like it's going to be an emotional final movie for them from everything I've heard online. So, I mean, I don't know any d details or spoilers, but it's like going to be the final Guardians movie after this. So I imagine Wait, it's going to be sad. I thought they are still doing Guardians 3. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. After this holiday special, Guardians oh. 3 will be the final Guardians movie with these actors and with James Gunn because oh. they're, they, yeah, I, I think they're all ready to move on. But also James Gunn now is heading up the DCU. Yeah, so you you mentioned that to me. So tell me more about that. So he is now heading up all of the DCEU movies and shows and that whole like he's the Kevin Feige for D DC. Yeah, I know. I know. I never know if to call it the DCU or the DCEU. I believe is the correct correct word, but either way, they said that he's going to be the co chairman and co CEO of DC Studios starting November first. Wow. So. He said it's not like a fuck you to Marvel or Disney because they like fired him before and then rehired him for good. I just think he's excited about the DC characters in a way that he probably isn't as much about Marvel anymore because the Guardians were really, I think, those characters for him. They oh, were yeah. obscure and weird and fun and he made them in, like super lovable and now like mainstream, you know? I don't remember anyone being excited about the, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like no one <laughs> knew what it was. It was just obscure characters and like, yeah, just they weren't super mainstream. And so, yeah, no one was excited. And then everyone just fell in love with that franchise. Like James Gunn really pulled a rabbit with that. I mean, yeah. And that's that's what he did with Peacemaker, the show oh, and what he did yes. with the Suicide Squad. Is I think that's his like, specialty is just picking out these fucking weirdos that you would never see adapted normally into like a movie like or like into the cinematic universe and then making people just be like i want to see more of these guys these weird guys like yeah fuck if i don't want a polka dot man origin show you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah there there might be some fuck you to marvel but in the end like that job is not available at marvel so exactly. it's like it's a covered. promotion <laughs> so yeah. he's like yeah yeah i'll do it i'll do that i'll run all this stuff all my best work is is with DC, you know? Yeah. Like I love Peacemaker. Oh, so good. 
such a great show such a great show and i'm i just like the fact that he's gonna be over there and like people are like oh well great now he's not gonna be making any more movies for them it's just gonna be like business stuff and then he's like not true but thanks like (laughs) i'm I'm still gonna be making shit like fuck off you know this is just i think it's more just he's more passionate i think about the dc universe Mm -hmm. and the characters over there and I mean, more power to them. They fucking need the help. So get him they in do. there, man. That was a smart move, I think. Yeah, clearly, Marvel has figured shit out. I think they'll be okay mm-hmm. without him. But, you know, honestly, it kind of seems like after the Ant-Man trailer, I'm like, that that might scratch the Guardian's itch that we've been when, been having. So, Well, and I th- think it was last year. Last year, DC did better than Marvel last year. Like, Peace peacemaker and the batman mm-hmm. were better than anything else that like marvel put out quality last year. wise you mean yeah quality oh yeah, yeah okay i was like i don't know about the numbers but yeah oh yeah like <laughs> no like i will go back and watch those more than i'll go back and watch anything from marvel last year i mean i'll still watch spider-man no way home forever until i die but yeah i got gotcha. you <laughs> i really love the batman and the fact that they did something cool and new with batman is it's just amazing to me the fact that they did that so it sounds like they're gonna really just be relying on james gunn and uh, matt reeves to build their like dc stuff and oh yeah i don't know if you also heard the big dc news but uh henry cavill is coming back as superman i uh, yeah spoilers for black adam which... is that from black adam i have no idea i just read the article online that he said it well, I guess now I'm spoiling it. If people do spoiler alert, does anyone give a fuck about Black uh, Adam? I'm sorry. It was I, I I didn't see it, but I guess it was the post credit. You see him back in the suit. Or of whatever. course it is, because that's the only way that they'd get people to see Black Adam. I'm just kidding. I don't know like, anything about that character or like, the movie. What, five years or something since he's been Superman. Like yeah, like the Snyder cut doesn't doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, they did film some, like, that whole sequence at the very end, like, post credit scene they filmed, but yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's been, like, five years since there was Pretty a much. Movie. Like, Yeah, he was good, but, like, people are crazy. I don't know. But happy to have him back. I mean, yeah, I could give a fuck about Superman. Honestly, he's my least favorite hero. No <laughs> offense, but it's just like, oh, let's have a superhero who's perfect. Wow, how interesting. <laughs> His only fucking, like weakness is like himself basically <laughs> I, I just think it's stupid but anyways and hey i as we were just talking when we did our um halloween ends no the the first halloween episode we talked about requels we totally missed suicide squad that was a to- that's a total requel even though yeah like it didn't like take too long to come out but it was like some of the same characters it was like the soonest requel ever Amanda Waller and Harley Quinn were both the same people. And yeah. I think they even referenced some stuff, but they're like, yeah, it was, that was a fresh clean slate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just ignore that other movie. People don't care. <laughs> we'll keep the good stuff. Get rid of everything else. <laughs> exactly. I mean, whatever, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a very like superhero, like heavy week for, yeah. uh, for, for trailers. I feel. And then you, told me i need to watch this new netflix show and i watched the trailer for it and i have no clue what's going on so i need your help uh, yeah it's cabinet of curiosities yep guillermo del toro's what the fuck is going on <laughs> it's just a unbelievable delight that dropped on netflix they've been doing like i think it dropped earlier this week they've been doing two episodes a day i would describe it as like guillermo del toro's twilight zone so each episode 
he has like this really fucking cool cabinet and it like opens in all these cool ways and he like kind of sets up the story and then it goes into like an anthology. So it's an anthology show. Each episode okay, I was about to ask. is its own story and there's a different director for each episode. Most of them are based on short stories and yeah, they're about an hour long each. Is it like horror? Yeah, it's all horror. Okay. So it's like a, a horror black mirror. Yeah, that, well, that's, I mean, the Twilight Zone is, like, yeah. basically, like, the ri- Black Mirror, get out of here. <laughs> Twilight Zone is the original, dude. They, like, you know, I mean, haven't you ever watched a Twilight Zone episode? No. Oh, my fuck. Okay. Well, Rod <laughs> Serling would come out. You don't know who he is? The guy who hosts the Twilight Zone. He comes out at the beginning, and he's, like, always smoking, and it's, like. Oh, yeah, I've seen those clips, but yeah, I've, never, like I've never up... sat down and watched. Okay. Well, it's like he's telling you what you're going to see and then like just a little bit about it. And then it sets up into this like usually those are only 30 minutes and they were like horror slash sci fi and usually had like some kind of social justice message to them. Hmm. So this one's a little bit different. I wouldn't say that there's like anything like that really for every single one. It's more just like either popular short stories or like obscure short stories that all have. Some of them are more horrific than others. Some of them have like very like kind of a different horror angle. There's a couple like, you know, HP Lovecraft stories. So those are just going to be fucking weird as hell. I would imagine that Guillermo del Toro's has the most obscure content fed to him at all times. You would be right. He has be scarred by looking at his search history. You probably would. And the cool thing, though, I will say is because like, obviously, we I mean, like, if you know Guillermo del Toro at all, you know, his creature design, practical effects, that is all utilized to the fullest in this Mm -hmm. show. And it is pretty incredible. Even if some of the stuff is like, oh, I saw that coming. It's like, just some crazy ass creature (laughs) design and some weird ass shit. But the standout episode, I have seen all of them, but the final two that just premiered today. But the standout episode is the third one called The Autopsy. And it's directed by David Pryor, who did The Empty Man. Yes, sir. Yes, that's all I needed to know. We both love that movie. <laughs> yes. And I honestly, his was my favorite um, of all of them, just because, I mean, they're all a little, they're all different. So they're all kind of unique flavors. But his was like, kind of hit that em- empty man kind of feel where it's like a detective story and you're mm-hmm. kind of like trying to figure out this mystery all while like there's this autopsy going on and there's like some kind of Lovecraftian crazy like alien shit that's like you don't know if it's supernatural you don't know if it's aliens you don't know what it is kind of like the empty man you're like I'm this is just like a cosmic horror kind of a thing so okay. there's all these different angles to it and I just it kept me guessing and the last probably 10 minutes were like spine chilling like really really terrifying but well done all of it it was just incredible this guy needs a blank check given to him make whatever the fuck you want he's incredible his craft and everything get him a24 seriously this guy i mean he got totally fucked over from like warner brothers with the empty man they didn't release it in theaters but if they did it was like really brief and then yeah. they put it on HBO Max and now it's gone and they're not doing a physical release. It's like, do you have a problem with this fucking excellent movie? What the fuck <laughs> is your problem? I think it's on Disney Plus. The Empty Man? Or maybe it's not. <laughs> okay. I, I think God. I heard something. I don't know. Maybe in another country. But for now, <laughs> it was like, because I know like Barbarian is on Disney Plus in mm-hmm. some countries because it's like they don't have HBO Max or something. So, but I, I don't know if the Empty Man would be like, 
oh, hey, re- you know, watch some Marvel shit. And then if you want, check out the Empty Man. Very similar. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's take a break and uh, and then let's jump into the Barbarian. Let's talk about Barbarian. Woof. This movie is... This movie is a ordeal. It's a wild ass ride from start to finish. I don't think I've ever been so exhausted emotionally by the movie that I have with this. It really takes you in a lot of different directions. And the fact that you're constantly like, I'm what? What? And yet you feel all the range of emotions. It's it's just a, a spectacle. It it really is. And this movie this movie like is riding the line so much. Like the whole movie, you are wondering, are they going to land this? Like this is this is really doing lot. some weird things. There's a lot of different directions that like have to tie or a lot of different threads that have to tie together by the end that you're like, I'm just not sure if and they're gonna be able to land this plane. They totally land it. Like it's incredible, yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild. So yeah, we're talking about Barbarian today. Uh 2022 movie. It came out like what two months, three months ago? Yeah. The honestly, I think it just came out in um I can look it up because I have it right here. September 9th. So it only came out like almost two months ago. Okay. Wow. That's quick to streaming. Love it. 45 days now, you know, and I love it because I feel like a lot of people I've been waiting for a lot of people to see this movie because everyone was like, go see it. Don't look up spoilers. And I'm the spoiler queen. So I had to see it (laughs) really quick in theaters, which took a lot of convincing on my part to get my boyfriend to go with me because when we saw the trailer for Barbarian when we went and saw Nope he we almost had to leave Nope because he was like I think I'm having a heart attack because <laughs> it was like jump scare after jump scare after jump scare in the trailer which is one of those you know totally misleading trailers and I had to really drive the point home that that's how they market scary movies nowadays mm-hmm. and all I've heard is that it's a total misdirection so I can't believe he went and saw in theaters, but I'm so glad it's having a second wave and everyone's watching it now because it's streaming on HBO Max. Yeah, I have been waiting for this movie to to come to streaming because, yeah, like I heard all the same stuff and like everyone that I heard, they're like, this movie's incredible. Don't listen to my review of it because I'm going to spoil something, but just know it's incredible. You should go. You should go watch it. So I've been waiting for this. And then um, also, like, when I learned that the director is Zach Krager, who's from Whitest Kids You Know, I'm just yep. like, what? what is this going to turn out like? Yeah, even more interest, honestly, because, I mean, I hadn't thought about them for a minute, but I- I'll be damned if I don't still quote Whitest Kids You Know all the time. Oh, They're yeah. incredible. They're so fucking <laughs> funny. And I, this made me go back and watch a bunch of their skits. And I just... <laughs> They're so good, and I, I would say he has lost absolutely none of his comedy skills. If anything, <laughs> he's really improved everything. What What's your favorite Whitest Kids You Know skit? I think all time is always going to be Abraham Lincoln and how he really was killed. Turn around and say it again! Turn around and say it again! Turn around and say it Will again! Will you please be quiet? John, that is the President of the United States. I don't care who it is, he's ruining Hamlet. Listen to the woman, John. 
Just calm down. down. Just calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I could go on and quote everything in that fucking skit. It is so goddamn funny. So I, I mean, I just feel like I say that shit all the time. And all the time. That one. But also, I was reminded my boyfriend was like, what about the grapist? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the grapist. Obi-Wan, kids, because I'm going to grape you in the mouth. He's going to what them in the mouth? He's going to grape them. He's going to grape them. In the mouth. Sarah loves the grapist. Because <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. I mean, everything. He's like, really? The grapist? That's the name you're going with? Why was he going to tie them to a radiator? That's how he grapes people. That's what he does. No, he's the grapist. The grapist? That's his name? The grapist. Classic. This is obviously a rape scenario. That Krigger is like the main guy who's like questioning the, the grapist concept in that in that sketch so it's good stuff when i heard all of the craziness about barbarian and then learned that it was written and directed by the whitest kids you know guy i'm like what what is going to happen in this movie oh my god i mean yeah honestly i was a little i was like okay i'm excited but i was a little concerned because jordan peele is another guy who was like all yeah. comedy and then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm also a fucking genius with horror, too. It's like, so I was like, I'm excited. But I was also like, I don't want to set the unrealistic Jordan Peele expectation. But Zach Kreger really, really lived up to it. And also, Peele, uh, Jordan Peele was like a ghost helper on this mo movie. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I didn't. They're friends. And he was involved in some of the story process and then also got to help him with an early cut of the film. Oh, that's great. I hope this doesn't start a wave of comedians thinking that they can write horror. I would say horror, if they're writing comedy, they honestly will have a better time of it than like somebody else from like a drama, I feel like, going in. Surprisingly, but also they shouldn't all do it. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of curious now to see a Ben Stiller horror because I think Ben Stiller wrote that Apple TV show Severance, mm -hmm. which is not a comedy. Yeah. Well, he yeah. actually has a, a interesting that you mention it. He optioned um, a Stephen King story called Rat. It's definitely horror. And Ben Stiller got the rights. He's writing, directing, and starring in it. I don't know when. I think he should be either starting production on it soon or, or maybe it's one of those things that won't ever happen. But I think that would be a perfect like little stepstone for him to jump into horror. I'm here for it. So I just looked this up and he's already actually kind of put his toe in there. You remember the movie Cable Guy? Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that Ben Stiller directed that movie. And it's yeah. definitely more of a comedy than a horror. But like <laughs> there's got some horror elements. It, it has the beats. You know, but like it's Jim Carrey, so like <laughs> he could only be so scary. But like, there's parts. Yeah, Jim Carrey can also like he could fucking do it in a horror movie, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, you know, I think again, not every single person should do it, <laughs> but I do think that there is a lot of similarities between comedy and horror. And also, if they don't go into the full horror horror of it, they can do some really excellent horror comedies. I think, which I'm always all about. Those are some of my favorite movies. Just we've had we've we've had Jordan Peele and then Zach Kreger and so far two like all stars. And I'm just worried about the the drop off we get of just like, oh, two for two. 
It's just going to keep going. But. And then Dane Cook announces he's doing a horror uh, movie, and we're like, oh, I don't know about that. It's ruined. <laughs> Not going to lie. I mean, I still, I hate, I don't know how we feel about Dane Cook nowadays, but I still love him and will forever like be able to quote the nothing fight by heart. Because <laughs> it's, I mean, I was just, I guess that age when he came uh, out on YouTube, but good times with Dane Cook back in junior high. But we don't need you in the horror genre, dude. Yeah. You have fun yeah. on your own. I mean, I'm more worried about, like, the Kevin Hart horror movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love to scare the shit out of that little guy, though. It'd be a good creature feature where the rock is the creature just chasing him. I would watch that. I love yeah. those guys. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, let's actually, like, intro Barbarian, right? We haven't even talked about it. So, yeah. Barbarian came out this year, directed and written by Zach Cragger, the budget for this movie was about 40 uh 4.5 million dollars so pretty 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 small budget it did over 40 million in the box office so that's shocking to me just with how weird this movie is like how much of a hit it became like it's one of those like word of mouth things where mm-hmm. people are talking about your movie then like you're gonna do well but i think we've just seen movie horror movie after horror movie just kill it at the box office and that's something that zach Greger has said before is like i know it's a big risk for a story but like i think this is something he like when he pitched it to georgina campbell who plays tess the main character he was like i know it's a huge rich risk of a story and it's it's crazy but like Horror is the genre where you take a big risk and you will be very well rewarded because there's not a lot of great horror movies that come out all the time. And when the good one comes out, people fucking go see it. Mm -hmm. So and he was right. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And people will rewatch horror movies for the rest of their lives. I've rewatched Barbarian like five times since it came (laughs) out on HBO like a couple days ago. So, yeah, I agree with that statement. (laughs) So the IMDb plot of this movie is a woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems like the most basic log line for this movie and the best way to describe it to people because it gives away absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's like, a, that's like a third of the movie. That's like the first 40 minutes <laughs> yeah, like, of that. That's it. Like, there is so much that happens beyond that that's it's just insane yeah but again we will keep that for the spoiler discussion which is going to be coming up here pretty soon but yeah but for now you know just know that that is the general log line of the movie i think it's all just one of those things you just need to be surprised by this movie it will work best like not to hype it up overly you know way too much but I mean, I think just going in and like without with knowing that log line of it's a woman at an Airbnb that's sketch. That's all you need to know <laughs> to go into it. I'll hype the fuck out of this movie. It's the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard people say that because people hyped it up so much about don't look at anything up before you see the movie, they thought it would be even wilder than it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know what you or guys were expecting, but I thought it was pretty fucking wild. <laughs> Yeah, while we're still in non-spoiler territory, one of the things that I really loved about this movie is there's been a lot of stuff lately with horror movies that has, like, really big ideas. And people, you know, you could call it the the elevated horror, which is just a stupid name. It, it, mm-hmm. But it's, like, these really big ideas, complex things that they 
tie into the movie like emotional stories that are kind of in parallel with this horror story kind of message or something of some sort and this movie there there are some deep things in it but the thing that really it reminded me of is like a, a movie doesn't have to have a lot of complexity to be just a really great time mm-hmm. simplicity this movie does some super weird things and it's just a ride and if you go on it you're just gonna have fun and those movies are great you can just have fun with movies movies can be these big things and like you can just have a great time and walk out and be like what what happened oh my god <laughs> Sometimes it's good to be wild, but it is it's wild in a way that's not overly complicated. It's got mm-hmm. the basic through line of the woman at the Airbnb that's not what it seems. That is basically the through line of the movie. However, there's some wild turns in there, but it keeps it fairly simple, straightforward one. I mean, there's other little we'll talk about the other kind of big swings, but but in general, it's a pretty basic plot. And I would say that as crazy as this movie is, like I wouldn't say that there's plot holes. Like I would say that there is a story that it tells and yeah. the story makes sense. You you don't learn everything up front and it doesn't explain everything that happens as it happens. So like you watch the whole movie and by the end of the movie, all of these pieces connect. And you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. It's weird how it all connects at the end. You'll You'll be shocked. And it is like a little bit jarring at times, the transitions mm-hmm. between different tones or like, seemingly unrelated sequences of events but it all comes together perfectly and i personally enjoyed every single one of the separate bits like yeah. on their own as well as like when it all came together yeah and you know the last thing i guess i, I want to say before we jump into spoilers is this is a movie that we also especially in the horror fandom this movie is very very important because this movie almost didn't get made because it's a fox movie and it was already in production when Disney acquired Fox. And a hundred percent Disney would have scrapped this movie. Yes. They're like, we we are we want nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. I mean, it it is still shocking that it got made because it just does like like you said, it's not it's not the movie that you go to like Disney with or like fucking, you know, any of the big studios. Like like the studio that really got the thing started was Boulder Light Pictures. And it's like, I've never heard of him, but I love it. It's like Zach Kreger was saying, you know, he sent this to a bunch of people. He sent it to bigger places and they were like, we like it, but they wanted him to change all the things that he thought made it special, which mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever specified, but I'm like, I can imagine it's some of the wilder shit that happened <laughs> in this movie. They're like, oh, I don't know about that, but they really, it, it all worked out in the end. I'm, I'm so glad. All right. So this is your spoiler alert. Back out. Back out. Go watch a movie. Or if you're one of those people that just needs to know what happens before you go into a movie, then you know, you're welcome to be spoiled. We're going to have a great time talking about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so the way that we're going to do this, this movie is broken up. It's broken up jarringly into four different parts and we're just going to kind of go through each of the parts yes so part one uh i guess we should call this the airbnb part the airbnb part yeah tess and keith basically i I like to think of it just because it is like a little mini like character story and 
But yes, it is like the basically the frame story of she shows up at an Airbnb and a guy is already staying there and it's the middle of the night and he, yeah. he is Bill Skarsgård and he's it's been double booked supposedly. This I think this part is my favorite part of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like I just love everything about this movie. Like she she comes up the, the there's no key in the box that yeah somebody else is in there he opens the door. And it's Bill Skarsgård, so we all know him from Pennywise. So we are just already creeped out and kind of turned on. He's sexy but scary. Then yeah. they know that, like, you know him as Pennywise, so you're going to be sus, as yeah. as you should. But oh, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I forgot to tell you my s- summary of this movie. And oh this yeah. Is, this is kind of my overarching. This just reminded. This is kind of my overarching thought of which is good for the spoiler part. I figured yeah. that we might want to save that. <laughs> So this this whole movie after watching it, I I forget what show it's from, but it reminds me of that thing where they're like, they don't know that I know that they know that I know. Friends. But see, they don't know that we know that they know. This this whole movie is just like Zach Krager preying on our expectations and tropes like we think we know what's going to happen and like the whole movie he's just playing with you it kind of reminds me in a sense of um hereditary like you and i talked about hereditary that movie just kind of like it seems like he he knows what people are going to expect and he just draws things out longer than like it usually would and so then you're just really sucked in and engaged and tense about it mm-hmm. lots of intensity yeah <laughs> Especially in this first opening, but but I, I did want to mention that I also think this is like the best of like the segments personally. Although I will say that like the Justin Long one is is up there, but but I think that this is great because this is actually where the movie started was this thirty minute story that he crafted, and he used it as a writing exercise after reading this book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker, hmm. and it, it encourages women to trust their intuition when confronted by obviously dangerous men. And I thought it was super cool because he used it as a writing exercise and crafted this like 30 minute short story where it's just a conversation in which a woman continues to ignore the mounting series of red flags that is appearing in front of her. But he ended up liking it enough to like create like a a broader story to work the like a concept in with the characters. Hmm. And I thought that that was just really cool that he like started off with just that. Because it is like the the thing that really pulls you into the movie, right? It's like it really does, and it is like the thing that plays. Like that's the whole part about it is that it really preys with like your expectations of like movies for sure and horror movies especially, but also as a woman, all the red flags that like it's just funny because men think about things totally differently, and like her and Bill Skarsgård, so basically Tess and Keith, they talk about this like during their conversation mm-hmm. about how different it is as a man and a woman to be in the situation like like yeah if she's the one who's already in the house and he shows up there's no fucking way he's coming inside that i'm sorry dude you gotta go you're sleeping in your car or you get the fuck out of here because that was like i'd be terrified yeah could have faked all this shit and again she does make smart moves by asking him to like show him her reservation she takes a picture of his id would you mind pulling up your reservation confirmation just so i can see it in case I'm some kind of weirdo who's broken in here to sleep. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. No, let me just find my phone. All the little things. She doesn't drink the tea that he makes. He makes tea, and then 
And then he like is like, oh, I, I have red wine. And, and he's you see, like he's just trying to be nice and make her feel comfortable. But it, it's making her more uncomfortable. We are assuming that we're like you're the bad guy. Yeah, because <laughs> by casting Bill Skarsgård, it automatically puts us in her place as like as a woman, you're naturally going to be sus no matter if he looks like yeah. fucking Alexander Skarsgård or Bill Skarsgård. However, and and it, because it would just be a perfect situation for a man to set up for himself. And I mean, it, it would happen. I'm sure it fucking has happened. Well, and then it happens later in yeah. the third part. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. But yeah. So anyway, sorry. Jumping ahead. Yeah, Too excited. Jump ahead. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the fact that they cast him, is just like you're automatically in her shoes saying this guy is sus. Uh, I mean, he's being super nice, but he also just has that creepy like. He's also saying like a creepy guy would say the same things or try to do the same things. It's just hard to differentiate because guys are uncomfortable now. They don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. And there are nice guys that like are trying to do the right thing, but they might come across as wrong because they're like over explaining themselves. How he's like, I thought I'm going to have some of this here wine, but I didn't want to open it before um, you got out of the shower because I know you didn't drink your tea. And, would, well, I totally get that, by the way. I mean, you don't know me, and, and this is a fucking really weird situation. It makes total sense. Um, but I thought that, um, you know, you might want some of this, but if I open it while you weren't here, that, um, that um, fuck, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm rambling, Jesus Christ. Um, I thought you wouldn't want any if you didn't see me open it. So I waited. You have to be super suspicious of him until... Until he does end up pulling down her guard a bit, but but you're right that like it, it knows it's all playing on your expectations of the situation. And that was so. Then yeah, the wine scene mm-hmm. is where it changes. And I also love this first part so much because like the movie just becomes a different tone. Like, yes. Every every ten minutes, like they have the whole tense wine scene, and then they sit down, and then. She tells him what or she does, and like she's here to do like an indie documentary thing. He's like, Oh yeah, I saw that. I love that. And she's like, You didn't see it. And then he starts like naming off the parts, like, Yes, I love that stuff. And then they actually start bonding. And it's and like, then, oh, like, this weird obscure thing that you're like here to like help a documentary documentary and do. Like, I you should interview me because that's what I do. That's why I'm here. And it's like it's almost a little too perfect, but you're also like, I'm with her now. Like, okay, he seems cute. And he seems like maybe the perfect man for her. Honestly, <laughs> like you want them to be together. Now, then the next 10 minutes become like a really good, like romance. Mm-hmm. Like they're like talking, they're laughing, have a good time. They're talking about each other. the, the duvet scene. So cute. And you kind of give me the two edges. Where my edges are? Yeah, sure. Are they two meet? All right, thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. You Is got it. it. To back up, because now it gets a little bit, a little, oh a little aggressive oh with the God. thing. But that is how you get, get the way. Oh, so graceful. That's how you do it. Are you usually this out of breath uh, afterwards? That's a good idea. I'm going to have to try that. I know. <laughs> and it's just a good, it's also a little detail that like, the reason that there is a duvet cover scene where he's showing her how to put it on and he's like inside the duvet, it's adorable. But the reason that there is that scene is because when he's like, you know, I'll sleep on the couch, you can sleep in the room, you can lock yourself in there, whatever. And she's like, well, I have a thing about clean sheets. So that's why they stay up and like talk and have wine is because mm-hmm. like they have to wash all the fucking sheets. 
And so I love that, like, by this point, she's super comfortable with him. And he's like literally inside of her blanket and like all of that. And she's like laughing and totally comfortable with it. She's yeah. not worried about him like and his germs anymore. It's just another little detail that she's like warming up to him. And they had great chemistry. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Bill Skarsgård took this role purely because he's like, great. I don't have to be the bad guy. Yeah. I get to be charming. <laughs> What's funny is that um, I actually, Zach Kreger mentioned that Bill Skarsgård doesn't like horror movies, which I found shocking because <laughs> that's what that guy is like. That's what he's in. Like everything I've seen him in is like a fucking horror movie, basically. Yeah. So the fact was that his wife, he was, uh, when he was reading through the script, he was telling his wife what it was about. And she kept like every couple of pages, she'd be like, okay, what's happening now? What's happening now? Oh my God, wait, what? And then like, she was so interested that Zach Kreger's like, Thanks to Bill's wife. I mean, I think that's that she's the reason that he was like, wow, this is this is a good script. This is a good story. Like, she's so intrigued. She wants to know what's happening. And he was like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. And I'm sure you also love. I don't have to play the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, give that guy a break. He should be in a romantic comedy after this, I think. Yeah, he he was great. And he was. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed him, which made it really effective when he dies out of nowhere out of nowhere we got to talk about this whole sequence leading up to like the underground you're right we need to talk through this whole sequence so then they wake so then this is the the part that i the next tonal shift that i really like yes so we started with uncomfortable like this guy's a creeper gonna kill me kind of vibe romance then in the middle of the night she wakes up and now we're kind of in this like haunted house kind of vibe yes Mm -hmm. where she locks the door when she sleeps, but then she wakes up and her door is open. And then she also hears Bill having like nightmares. He's like making noises and shit on the couch. It's very unsettling. Yeah. So like total haunted house vibes. She wakes him up. He screams. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, yeah, all stuff. So then she goes, wakes up in the morning. She goes to into Detroit for her work thing, comes back home Goes to the bathroom and needs toilet paper. But before that, Did you I forgot something? to mention the homeless man. Oh, yeah, the, the vagrant. The vagrant guy who's chasing her as soon as she gets out of her car. Yeah. Can I just say it's horrifying, but also we learn later learn this guy's trying to help her because he knows what's up with the house. And the fact that I just want to be like, dude, this is not the way to go about it. Like, hey, little girl, like that's not <laughs> the thing you yell to get a woman or any person to turn around and go, hey. Also, don't scream running and going, get the hell out of there. Like, it's just really <laughs> sketch. He's not going about it the right way. I know he's homeless, but come on, man. You could have gone through that a little bit more like casual mm -hmm. and not been so like, OK, this guy's going to kill me. Tone it down, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Like, I know you might not interact with much people besides whatever fucks are in this house, which is like some sketchy people. But come on. <laughs> well, and this movie also it really plays with light a lot in a really great mm -hmm. way. Like when we first see the house, it's totally dark out and it's like a nice looking house. Yeah. It looks cute. It's like a totally normal yeah. looking Airbnb. And so then she gets up in the morning and when she walks out in the morning, we're in a totally like deserted area. All uh, the like, houses are like run yeah. down. There's nobody living in any of them. It's a There's totally no cars. deserted, like yeah, sub you know suburb on the outskirts of Detroit. Sketchy like, sign number one, right there. Get the hell out of here. This is yeah. not the area to be in. So yeah, she's out. She's in the outskirts of Detroit, totally abandoned. 
Vagrant is ch- coming up on her. Way too hot. Uh, yeah. Tone it down. She gets in the house and, yeah, has to go to the bathroom. No toilet paper. So then she goes into the basement. To get toilet paper, not because she's a moron. Oh, I thought she was just going to go pee in a bucket or something, but... No, there's no toilet paper, <laughs> like, perfectly, of course, in the bathroom, yeah. so... So, yeah, we're now in this, like, haunted house kind of vibe. Because she's down in the basement, and, of course, basements are where all the bad stuff happens. Always. I hate, fucking hate a basement. <laughs> uh, the the hallway down to the basement looked exactly like uh, The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So yeah, she's down in the basement. There's all this weird stuff. And then she finds this rope. She's like, what the fuck is this? And she Never pulls a good sign. the rope. Secret door opens into a hallway. And then we, we get a nope moment. Yes. I was like, <laughs> you could end the movie right there if she's like, nope. And goes back and like sits on the stairs. Because the, the problem is she gets locked down there. The, the door. Yeah, the do- haunted house door. Closes. Yeah, keeps swinging shut at the wrong fucking moments, and so she gets locked down there, and then realizes that the the hideaway key is in her pocket because yeah. she was supposed to leave it out for Bill Skarsgård, but the homeless guy naturally scared the shit out of her, and she panicked. Yeah, and so then she goes down the hallway, and the Tess is Tess is smart. She lays mm-hmm. the 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 mirror down to light up the room yes. or the hallway as much as it can be. Because it's a sketch-looking hallway. I mean, I imagine any secret hallway you find in a basement is going to be scary. But this one is, like, cave-like. Yeah. But not fully. It's still, like, got, like, a flat ground to walk on. And there's, like, a light towards the end of it. Because there's a room down there. Well, and that's another thing with light. In the darkness, you know, there's a light. So we're naturally drawn to the light. Every time they find light in the darkness, it always it's always leading to something bad. Yeah, there's never like, a good, never a, a good thing. It's another play on expectations. It's great. Yeah, because you always think the light in the dark that's going to get you out. That's going to be the the safety. Mm-hmm. But oh boy, do they fuck with you on that? <laughs> so yeah, then she goes down the hallway, and in that room, it's a real like saw looking scenario. It's just a bed, bucket, <laughs> camera, a blood soaked <laughs> mattress with no fucking sheets, and a camera and a bucket, <laughs> and a bloody handprint on the wall, and naturally. She's fucking terrified. So she freaks out. There's one little window and she starts banging on. She see, sees Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, she's at this point exited the sketchy room, exited the weird hallway. Back and in the is, basement. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård is like laughing when he sees her. And he's like, what are you doing down there? And she's like, give me the fuck out of here. <laughs> you big goof. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, what are you? why are you in the basement? Then he gets yeah. her out and she's like, we need to fucking get out of here now. And he's like, whoa, whoa, like calm down. Like, what the fuck? Like every fucking man I've ever met. And he's like, you need to just tell me what's going on. You're acting insane, which don't ever fucking say that. Nice guy or not. And then she's like, there's a room with a bed and a bucket. I don't know if she says blood, but I think she says bloody handprint. Yeah, bloody handprint. I took a note when I was watching it. She mentions the camera and then he keeps on reiterating like a bucket and a mattress. So there's a bed and a what? A bucket and a camera? Uh, I'm sure. No, 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 please don't, please don't. There was like a handprint on the wall. Tess, calm down. Calm down. You're not making any sense, okay? So there's a room downstairs with a bed and a bucket in it. It's it's a basement. It's filled with junk. And he just keeps forgetting that there's a camera in there. And I'm just like, it's kind of an important thing to to add to the creepiness. But like, 
just a bucket in a room. A bucket in a bed. I mean, that still doesn't bode well because somebody's either using that to take a shit or like, or to like dump blood into. Yeah. I mean, there's that, there's no good reason for a bucket and a bed to be in the same room. Yeah, and that he just seems to be like, oh, it's just a basement. That's where people have weird shit. It's also where people keep their torture dungeons. So, but he's like. I need to see this, which like yeah. every man in the history of the world, this is your fucking problems with everything. You can never just trust us. It's always <laughs> you're acting crazy. I need to see what you're talking about because a bed in a bucket, that doesn't sound scary. And I'm like, Bill Skarsgård, you got me on your side. I love him in this movie, but I was like, all right, you're kind of being willingly stupid, but honestly it tracks with every man I've ever met. So I, I was laughing a little bit all through that part. Cause just I love the way that Bill Skarsgård is just talking about the bucket. It's just like he's so casual. He's like, "Yeah, there's a bucket in a bedroom. I have two buckets in my bedroom. Like, what? What's weird? I keep my toothbrush on the floor." And this <laughs> is again when you're like, "He's won me over, but now he's seeming a little weird again yep. because of the bucket thing." And he's so like, "Oh, it's just a bucket," and it's almost like it's probably because it's your bucket that you want to go down there. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, "So I'm like, of course he wants to go down there," but then he's like oh you can stay here because she's like i'm not fucking going down there again are you kidding yeah. me he's like we'll just stay here and make sure that like i don't get locked in which we're like okay but do you have to go yeah. do you have to this is why every white man dies in horror movies first the <laughs> the husband the dad whatever it is i don't believe you i gotta wait until i see it with my own goddamn eyes and by then it's too late mm -hmm. so then he goes down to the basement to look for this bucket in the bed and she's just sitting in the stairs and props the door open because she's smart yeah she is super smart yeah, she's for great. a while. I'd say she's smart the whole movie. We'll get there. So then she goes down because he's not responding to her. He stopped responding. And so I'm going to say this part because I was texting you <laughs> while I was watching this. Yes, with just emojis. Yeah, I, I committed to Renee. Like, I'm only texting emojis yeah. <laughs> in response. And Renee knew exactly what part I was at from this. So she goes down the hallway to find him she looks in the room. He's not in the room. And she's like, where the hell did he go? And then my red flags were like, okay, he's the bad guy again. I was right. He's the bad guy. Yeah. And then the wall next to the room, she sees like a little ledge or like a little. It's like a little doorknob. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. She grabs onto it. Open. And it's a door to, a, to another hallway. Not even a hallway. Yeah. Hall, stairwell in a cave it's cave stairs it's not even normal stairs okay this is literally the stairway to hell this is what it looks like if you were to be like you see this you go that goes straight to hell there's no way it goes really deep and you cannot see the bottom like it's a fucking long ass stairwell like no way am i even looking down there we are one plot point away from this being the the sequel to the descent that we never knew was going to happen. I almost thought that's where it's going because I'm <laughs> like that is literally going into the earth. There's no way that you're going to get me in there. I don't. I I love Bill Skarsgård. He's sexy as hell, but I'm sorry, dude. If you if you saw that door and you were like, huh, it goes down to those <laughs> stairs. I'm going to go see what the fuck's up. You deserve everything that's coming to you. FYI. Yeah. But like, it's one thing if she didn't hear him, but he's literally. He yells, help and help me. Yeah. So it's like, okay, she's a good person. Yeah. You know, she has to go in. Th this part was, was such a fun part to watch because like the secret hallway under the house is, is one thing like, oh yeah, I've seen that before. Like, oh, that's pretty weird. But a secret hallway within 
a secret hallway that's like a cave like whoa is this batman's house like what where are we going what is happening it almost looks like the descent and the further that she goes in there i mean she's terrified yeah it's pitch black yeah she's got her like phone light but it's like the things that she's seeing it does not bode well the further that she goes in it's like a weird gate which just looks like the gateway to hell yeah there's like dog cages there's a bunch of animal cages with like bowls and blood all over them and it's like that's upsetting and then she's like finally like keith where the fuck are you like i cannot go any further in here and then he scares the shit out of her like crawling towards her and you're like okay yeah he's definitely fucked up like either he's the killer or he's a creature Mm -hmm. like i wasn't sure but his his crawling seemed very non-human yeah i know he was like injured but he's like i think it's his giant eyes it's his giant eyes and they get even bigger because he's terrified in that scene and he's like there's someone down here something bit me and you're like oh god and she's She's trying to get him to come back with her because she's like, okay, come with me. So, yes, they're arguing about this. And you're like, dude, come on, come with her. What are you doing? Why are you being insane? And then so that we've gone from creeper movie, romance, haunted house. And then we get the moment where the movie becomes a creature feature. Yes. This this thing, giant thing comes out, smashes Bill Skarsgård's head graphically. Against the wall until he's dead, like a pulp. I'm just like whoa what the fuck is going on and it screams and the thing that comes out is like that you see i mean you pretty much get a good sense there's some big hang swinging tits on this thing and it is it is a giant like deformed woman of some sort like a ogre looking thing like like a descent almost but like huge like ogre mixed with the descent like like, meets meets hills have eyes kind of Exactly. <laughs> but like also like she's got superhuman strength. Yeah. Like the way that she just smashes his head against the wall. My God. And then she screams. So we'll call her mother for the rest of it because I believe that is her name, the mother. And so then then it it just stops and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like that alone is so jarring. But then we get into segment number two. I.e. the church. I.e. the government. I.e. school. But when I got a little older, I learned how to kill myself. Which the ju- is the Justin, Justin Long. Long. Yeah. And, and and for a while, you're like, I'm sorry, am I in the wrong movie theater? <laughs> yeah. Like, It's like this upbeat, happy music. He's like driving and you find out really quickly that he's an actor and that he gets a call from his agents. And he's getting he me is, too'd. He's getting me too'd. He is accused of rape and yeah. by his co-star and it's not moving forward. There's going to be a story about it tomorrow. And I will say that the way that Justin Long plays this character is like so good. Yeah, I texted you. I was like, is it weird how good Justin Long is at playing a guy who is being accused of rape? <laughs> like I'm fired? I think essentially that's that's the most likely outcome. That fucking bitch. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait a minute, you guys. Th- th- wait, wait, wait. This is totally blown out of proportion. You're usually rooting for him in movies and and so it's weird that he's like an asshole because he still is likable in his own way. But he's also like, you know, from the very beginning, as soon as he's accused of the rape stuff and the way he's acting, like, what a fucking bitch. Yeah. And like, of course I didn't do it. And like all this shit. <laughs> yeah. And then throughout this whole part, he just is solidifying that he did like that. He's an asshole. It, yeah. It just becomes clear. He clearly did this and he's like, I'm going to destroy her. And then it, you're like, also. Where the fuck is this going? But I'm enjoying it because he's so fucking funny. Yeah. He's so good. And and I this is the piece of trivia I was saving for you. Okay. So when me. we got to this part, 
you're not going to believe who Zach Cracker originally wrote this part for and offered him the part. Uh, Zach, Zach Efron. I was, Were you about to say Zach I was Zach about to guess Efron? Zach Efron. <laughs> oh my God, Jace. How the fuck would you guess that? Just because it's so like the opposite of what you would, what Justin Long is? Uh, yeah. I mean, Zach Efron's like a, like a hot Justin Long, you know? Yeah. Like Justin Long is more like, he's just a good, good guy. I'm glad they went with Justin Long because Justin Long is the opposite of Bill Skarsgård. Like Bill Skarsgård, you're like, you have these assumptions that he's going to be the bad guy. And Justin Long, you have just natural assumptions that he's a good guy. Yeah. Like he's from, usually like a good guy. Like from everything that he's done, whether it's him being the good guy in all the horror movies that he's in. Jeepers Creepers. Or just being the weirdest dude on New Girl. Like he's yes. like my favorite guest star on New Accepted. Girl. Yeah. He's just great. And for him to to be a rapist essentially i mean 100 percent, he is you would never you would never think that and so like i remember when i first saw the movie and that part happened i'm like oh i wonder if he's being set up yeah exactly because you know you have that question because you love you love justin long i have this whole history of justin long i don't really have a history with zach efron <sighs> i mean i didn't like him back in his days of like high school musical then i was like i've seen some stuff where he can actually act yeah like i think he's i think he's really funny like he's great yeah. in neighbors he's very funny he's great. i will say he is more of an asshole that like i'd be like yeah okay he is an asshole however the fact that he turned this movie down and then said, no, I'm going to star in that shitty Firestarter Stephen King remake <laughs> that never needed to be made ever. And that was just not good. Like, I mean, I seriously am not sure about his judgment anymore. That just seems like, <laughs> I mean, maybe I get it. The AJ part might be kind of a tough sell, but like, yeah. I feel like Zac Efron has done funny shit like that. Yeah. It, it would, it would maybe just be, a little bit too much it would maybe be more along the lines of like Channing Tatum and this is the end where it's mm -hmm. like that's pretty far yeah from like what we had seen from Channing Tatum so far so the fact that like with this movie it felt like it maybe would have been too much for Zac Efron I still think what an idiot that he yeah. didn't do this so yeah when this scene happens it's super weird because we just saw this creature smash in Bill Skarsgård's head and then it jumps to like Malibu California and it's just like the fuck is going on and then then you know fast forward everyone is dropping him like his account accountant is dropping him the show that he's on it's a pilot they are dropping him so he start liquidating assets because he's got he's got no income coming in and so then we learned that he's the guy who actually owns the house that was being airbnb yes. so he goes back to detroit to to go and look at the house and he's gonna sell it yeah so that, that that then you're like okay now it connects but yeah. like i just want to say i think that he gets like the best lines of the movie i would say for sure i <laughs> oh, mean yeah. just because like there's certain things like like the way that he like as soon as he gets to detroit he like goes and meets up with his bro and like his mm -hmm. bro's like okay like i read the article like you know but you're my bro like real talk real talk i just want to know what happened that was the most broy conversation the ever. most like, broy yeah every drunk guy has had a conversation like that yes. with with one of their best friends it's just like bro bro like real talk like i like, know <laughs> i was like this just again it just felt so real can we just like real talk for a moment though can we real talk fuck yeah dude okay like just what the fuck actually did happen with you guys 
No, dude, I'm saying, like, you're my boy. Obviously, I'm going to believe whatever you tell me. Right, but I right. just, man to man, like, real talk, like, what the fuck actually happened? Dude, dude, dude I'll be real with you. That's okay. all I'm asking. Yo, yo, let That's the only I'll, thing I'm Let me be real with you. I know every guy is like, I just let real talk, man. <laughs> yeah. Real talk, real talk. They always do it. And it just, yeah, it felt very real. And then the shit that he was saying, I'm like, this just confirms that he's a rapist. Oh, yeah. She needed some convincing. She needed some convincing. It's not like I was like, I'm going to rape you, bitch, because we all know that that is like the key to like yeah. raping somebody is you have to say, I'm going to rape you, bitch. That's obviously <laughs> it. And then he says, you know, me, I'm just a, you know, I'm a persistent dude. She yeah. just took some convincing. That's all. And, but she was like totally into it by the end. You're like, okay, so like those aren't obviously like the best lines. I'm not yeah. thinking, but like they felt like very real to his character. I was more thinking like by the time that like his story wraps up and like or like connects back into the main plot is like he gets to the house. He finds Tess and Keith's shit everywhere. And he's like, what the fuck? And like calling the company because they can't explain what happens. I still yeah. have questions, but I don't really care. Like, it's one of those questions that's unanswered the whole time of, like, how the fuck did they get double booked? And the company has no idea that, like, I mean, they never checked out. So they, they just have no record of anything. It's just very bizarre. Um, but I love the fact that, like, so then he gets back. He finds the basement and he finds the secret hallway. This, this is my favorite part of the movie because it's so funny. Like, we described so much of what happened in the first part. And how terrifying it was. Specifically for this part, because he he sees everything that we saw. Like, we, he finds the hallway. He finds the room with the blood and the bucket. The camera, everything. The, the mattress. And we're like, oh, shit, he's going to freak out. He Like, he's finding all this stuff. And then another just switch on expectation. He is so excited. He's like, <laughs> extra square footage <laughs> he literally busts out the tape measure and he's like measuring the rape and torture room like the kill room he's basically like scooching the bucket the oh camera he has no and it's literally just the same thing from like that they were talking about at the beginning of like a man and a woman might see things differently or like and this is exactly one of them whereas she sees all this stuff and rightly so her danger like alerts pop up in her head like this is sketch every man's like very casual about finding a bucket and a bed and a camera. They're all like, oh, no big deal. And it's like, I know you guys watch fucked up porn, but like, come on, this should be a fucking red alert to anybody, right? He only uh, gets disturbed by it when he sits on the bed and realizes that it's stained and he's yeah. like, oh. But then he finds the stairway to hell, the rest of the fucking cave. It gets more excited. More excited. And he's Googling, like, can you include, does this count for square footage and shit? And he's measuring with the fucking... Like, each step. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, baby. Oh, my God. Nine feet. He gets literally just so excited with everything that he's just... He's not even taking in how disturbing the situation is. Yeah. He's just very into the fact that, I mean, who would ever be like, oh, I'm going to buy this house. It's got like this subterranean cave. Yeah. Fuck that shit. That would make <laughs> me never want to buy it. You should definitely not include this on the listing, bro. Oh, so funny. He, like his reaction to it. It's just... it's just a huge switch. That's very it all works. It's all very funny. And then, and then the fact that he gets down there. He finally, like, I mean, he finally gets, like, a sketchy area of the room with, like, a breastfeeding video from the 80s playing on loop. Yeah, so he he's going down the hallway, and just like all the other times, he sees light. He goes into the light, 
And it's another bad thing. <laughs> yep, just a room with a creepy-ass breastfeeding video from yeah. the 80s. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? And then I love it because the, the tape measure, which is the longest tape measure in the history of the world, I think. Oh, it's a fat max. It, it, gets, it gets pulled by the creature, mm-hmm. a.k.a. mother. And he starts freaking out. I think he just hears her scream. He doesn't hear or see mother right away, but he starts running. Well, there's that great super scary sequence where he trips and then his light is busted and so then it fl- it flickers and you see her in a distance and then she's closer and then she's there and it's horrifying yeah it was great yeah then she and then he falls into a pit and she throws the, the cage on top yeah, then you hear the gate close on it and then you see tess and she just covers his mouth and says shh and then it cuts again yeah so tess is alive yeah she's been kept in this cage now and we're like okay wait what for like a couple weeks yes it's it's like at least been two weeks i think yeah they they say that that's one line they they say like yeah it's been like two weeks since the booking yeah so then it cuts (laughs) and then we cut to segment number three which you will call the flashback yeah and it looks like it's so bright and colorful it's the same house but in the 80s it reminded me of like edward scissorhands a little bit kind of had that vibe yeah. But then the person that comes out of our 476 Barbary house is uh he's not a good looking dude. Also the, the aspect ratio goes back to that old school look. Yes. It all feels very old school. Yeah, he goes to the store and he's getting stuff for he says that they're doing like a, a home birth. His wife needs like diaper they do like diapers and all the stuff. So yeah, this guy's just like going to the store buying all this creepy baby shit. That he for, you know, it's not going to be good. Just yeah. looking at this guy, Richard Brake. I will say he looks like the perfect serial killer. Um, I, All I know is that he's been in a ton of Rob Zombie movies as yeah. a killer as well, which perfect. But fun fact I learned today was that he played the Night King in season four and season five of Game of Thrones, oh. specifically the hard home episode with the iconic meme. Oh. So good for that guy. He's got nice. the right face. Yeah, so then as he's getting in the car, he throws all the stuff in the car, and then we learn he's watching somebody. He's watching this young woman, which, of course. And then he follows her and puts on a like electrician uniform and says, like, knocks on the door. He's like, hey, there's been outages. I just need to want to check in and make sure everything's cool. Goes in, unlocks the bathroom window, and then he's like, everything's good, and then leaves. And so we all know he's going back there. Then, yeah, then he goes back to the home. And he takes all of his equipment into the basement. And you hear screams coming from the basement. I will say, I love that he pulls up and he's wearing the same, like, junk, like the yeah. electrician uniform that has a different name on it. And his neighbor's like, hey, Frank, how's it going? And he's, like, talking to him right up front. And it's like, his name is, like, a totally different name on the fucking, like, jumpsuit he's wearing. And I'm like, this isn't a red flag for anybody. I thought that was a funny little fact. But he's saying, yeah, we're all leaving the neighborhood, basically, and... Frank's like, I'm never leaving. And I believe that that is, you know, we learned very soon that that is very true. Yeah. Frank is never leaving this fucking house. So then it cuts back to Justin Long and Tess. In the cage. And she's explaining the situation. And so then we're in part four. And I don't even, the finale. (laughs) I would call it the finale because it is like where the convergence of everything that we've, we've seen separately but I, I will say my favorite thing that like when she's explaining like basically you can't get a, you can't get all worked up you have to be very calm you need to stay calm you cannot freak out around her okay 
okay? Trust me. I don't want to be here. Do you think I want to fucking be here? It's so good because he's just playing it like exactly like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Like he's just being a total idiot. And again, Tess being the smart one, she's like the one who knows how to survive. She's like, just listen to me, dude. And he does not listen to her at all because yeah. she's like, she just wants you to be her baby. Yeah. And mother comes to the cage and drops in what I can only say is a baby bottle from hell. A real disgusting looking ha- baby bottle. Really upsetting. She just wants, wants them to like hamster this. Yeah. So Tess drinks from it and AJ's like, oh, God, no. And she's like, just drink from it. Just do it. And he's like, no, God, no. And then he starts like freaking out. Mother drops down, gets all upset, and he starts freaking out. So then mother drags him off. And we can only assume this is not going to be going well. She drags him to the breastfeeding she room. She drags him to the breastfeeding room. And before we get what happens there, Tess smartly, again, uses, she takes AJ's flashlight that he left behind. And then she also wiggles her way out of the cage yeah. because mother has left the door open, the gate open. And then we get the forced breastfeeding scene Ugh. with AJ and mother, which if I bet if he would have known that that was the alternative, he probably I mean, who knows? He probably would have still tried to refuse it because he was just being a little bitch. So do you agree with me? Tess definitely got breastfed. Like in the two weeks that she was alive, like she resisted. That happened to her. And she's like, don't resist. You will regret it. I would believe that. Or I would believe that seeing how mother reacted to Bill Skarsgård was enough for her to just be calm and do whatever mother said, because I think that's what I would try to do as well. Although... Mother is very upsetting to look at. It's not her fault. She is the product of incest from this man from the flashback that we have seen. And he has kidnapped women, tortured, killed them, and inbred with them multiple generations. And this is the final product of that. So yeah, we learn all that when Tess is able to escape. And then yes, she sorry. talks with the vagrant. Sorry, we don't have to go in order. We don't have to cover everything. But the yeah, the vagrant who she thought was attacking her actually saves her when she escapes because she does also thankfully cut the breastfeeding short for AJ by escaping while that's happening. And then yeah. actually running into the tape measure. Yeah, of course. And then breaks out through the, the basement window. Thanks to the vagrant man. And I think, I think that this is the only spot, like the only exposition in the entire movie is with this is with this yes. man where like he explains like, yeah, evil things happen in this house. And she's not the worst. She's not even the thing. You yeah. know, it's, it's she's not it's, the bad guy. She's a, she's, she's not. She's a victim of this guy. <laughs> Technically, if you think about it, the ultimate villains of this movie are Justin Long and Frank. AJ, and then Frank, yeah. the OG guy who was a murderer and you know incest starter. They both cause ripples and affect people around them by being barbarians. Basically, yeah. they are the real barbarians of the movie. Yeah. And so then, you know, we can jump to 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 Justin Long finding Frank. And this is that this is like an important point because the the vagrant guy says she's not even the worst thing down there. And when I heard that first time watching, I was like, is there is there another creature? Like, is there another thing? Who knows what that place looked pretty deep is all I'm saying. At this point, I was expecting Satan to come up like, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. So Justin Long finds this room and, and mother 
like sees him and backs away. So like mother's mother's not even going in there. And so there he goes in and he finds Frank and Frank has just been living in filth. And you see all of the different tapes with all the females names on them. And you're like, and like they don't even have names. They're like redhead blind, yeah. blind oh, yeah, girl. The descriptions. Yeah, exactly. So he's even more fucked up that he doesn't know their names. Yeah. He has them all in there. He's probably just been watching them over the years. Like, it's just upsetting. And Justin Long at least realizes that this is a bad guy. But it's like, you know, Justin Long, maybe you you should look in the mirror. Because I think this is your future, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this this is you as well. You know, next generation version yeah. of, of another. I mean, they're both rapists. So at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So then he tries to help him at yeah. first. And then he realizes that he's fucked. And then... He Frank, Frank has a gun. has a gun and kills himself. Yeah, because because Justin Long's like, um, cops are coming, and yeah, I think we can just assume that Frank is like, oh, I'm found, so like, yeah, I'm, yeah, kills himself. So that Justin Long takes the gun, and he goes back out to try and kill Mother. All the while, Tess has come back into. She went and tried to get police's help. Police just see her. She and they think that she's a vagrant. Yeah. Oh, I was kidnapped. Well, do you have ID? It's like, fuck off. This yeah. is honestly like the cops in this movie are horrible, but you're like, this is probably accurate. Yeah. She's like, I'm not a meth head. Like, yeah. and so they just say, so they just bail. Fuck it. And so she goes back in to try and save Justin Long. And then Justin Long fucking accidentally shoots her. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. It's like she's even holding a light too. So it's like, obviously she's not mother as far as we've seen mother does not like the light like she only comes out at night she does not she doesn't look like someone who's ever been in the sun before like she lives Mm. in the cave so so the fact that he does it he's just being a fucking idiot uh, yet again so he shoots her then they still escape and because tess on the way in rammed mother between the car and the, Mm -hmm. the the house but when they escape mother is no longer there even though it looked like maybe she was dying of course so then the homeless guy, the vagrant, yeah. they go back to his camp and he gives them the like two second history of like, this is a product of multiple yeah. generations of incest and all this stuff. And my favorite part of all this is that he literally, he's like, we'll, we'll take her in the morning. Tess will be fine. We'll take her to get help in the morning. Cause mother, she doesn't come out, you know, except for at night. And they're like, Tess is like, are you sure we're like safe here? And he's like, Oh, in all my years, she's never made it down here. And then she literally like comes through at, at exactly that moment. Goes full malignant. <laughs> Rips his arm off and beats him to death with it. <laughs> and I was like dying laughing. And right before this, Justin Long has been realizing that maybe he's a bad guy. Right. Yeah. And he he actually sells it that he's like maybe coming around to like realizing that he's the problem and he's a bad guy. Can't change what I've done. I can just try and fix it. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix it. And he's like, admits that he shot Tess on accident, but like he does own up to that. And he says, I'm going to get her help no matter what. And he seems like he's going to make the right decision. And then mother shows back up and he just fucking books it. Yeah. He doesn't even worry about Tess. He's just like, bye so they gotta so they run up this like water tower and he's not even helping tess he's just like come on like, I know. she's like wait she's like gunshot wound like and he did it yeah. i mean come on so then they they get to the top mother's coming and she's like your gun and he's like oh yeah and then does what everybody in a horror movie does is like take it and juggle Fumbles it and it. it flies off <laughs> 
and it's like oh great and then mother gets is like getting there and he's like i'm sorry we're not both gonna make it but i can make it and then he like grabs tess and he's like here come get your baby and he like literally like there's no question he grabs tess by the hair and throws her off the water tower like slides her the fuck off just along has this moment of redemption and then just totally regresses turns the other way right back to who he really is and i was so mad when that i was like oh you asshole you had the oh moment you had a chance <laughs> but i mean honestly I, I i will say as much of an asshole move like i get it because that breastfeeding was horrifying i would never want to go anywhere near i would just throw myself off the water tower though tess can deal with it however she wants but i would just throw myself off but my favorite part of the movie happens right after this she was right he was right. Mother sacrifices herself for a baby and swan dives off yeah. of the fucking water tower. And it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. She makes it to Tess because she does swan dive and goes like vertical. So she's faster, right? Yeah. She's able to get to Tess and she basically falls first so that Tess lands on top of her. Yeah. And it does work, honestly. Like as much as Justin Long was a total dick, like it did work. However, Tess is probably extremely fucked. Like there's no way I'm like, it's surprising that she's even alive when he gets down there. (laughs) Well, and yeah, it's so funny, but also like it solidifies that she's not the monster. She's simply a, a mother. She's just acting on those motherly instincts. That's all she's been raised to, to do in her life. That's the only purpose of her life in her mind. Yeah. And she's just trying. She might be a disturbing looking creature, but it's not her fault. Yeah. She's. It's very sad, honestly. It is. I mean, it's great character development. It's a hilarious scene, but like, it's really good character development for this sympathetic creature now. Between this and Pearl, I'm like, I'm loving these like kind of sympathetic villains that we're getting. I mean, granted, like mother, mother does also kill, but yeah. like it's not her fault. Well, it's like in one scene, they transfer who the bad guy is from mother to Justin Long. Literally, like they just cemented in your mind that it is not mother. I mean, granted, whatever her plans are, they're not great. I think it's safe to say she doesn't have plans. <laughs> I mean, her only plans are to get you back in that cave yeah. and feed you creepy ass <laughs> milk for the rest of your days. Well, that's all that happened to her. That was her entire life. Exactly. So that's all she knows. It's not her fault. Yeah. Like she's not. I mean, it's still, again, if I had a it's choice of life, that's a fucked yeah. up life I don't want to live. However, like it's not her fault. So then Justin Long gets down and he's like, oh, my God, Tess, you're alive. And he's like, I fucking panicked. I didn't I didn't even let go. You started to slip. There's nothing I could do. You get it, right? OK, you're, you're going to be OK. I got you. Dude, come on. Like, there's just no She's way. Like, he, he raped that that girl, his co-star. And because, like, the movie knows that he's the ultimate villain, mother takes one last stand so satisfying and destroys justin long by gouging out his eyes and literally pulling his head into two pieces like a loaf of bread just rips it in half from the eyeballs you know obviously mother must have some superhuman powers at this point Mm -hmm. so i'm okay with her living long enough to destroy justin long but but then tess does shoot mother to put her out of her misery well and mother also like has no understanding of the gun like she put like she's not hidingly putting it under like she's putting it on her face and mother's just not even reacting to it like she doesn't know what it is and she's just like trying to talk to her and so like it is this like really sad scene of like Tess is like you're you're not a monster what was done to you was monstrous like the father's dead 
mother now has no one. Tess isn't going to volunteer to go back to that. And so she's, no. it is very much like a, I'm going to put you out of your misery because. Yeah. I'm not sticking around for this. And and honestly, mother is probably almost dead at this point. I would think unless she's fine, but she seemed like she was pretty fucked up. It's crazy how it all fits in at the end of the movie. And it all really like fits with the whole theme of like, who's the real barbarian here. Right. Yeah. Like they're all different in their own ways. And like they play with your expectations throughout the movie. So, I mean, I just think by the end for all of this to come together was a shocking miracle. And I thought it, it ended perfectly. I loved the ending. It's, it's so good. At the end of it, I was perplexed by just like everything that I saw. I was just like, this was so much. But like <laughs> now, like having some time to digest it, I'm just like, that was so good. It's one of those movies that really sits with you, I think, and really, the more you think on it. It's a real overload. It's pretty nuts, like how different every part is. But when it all comes together at the ending, like, I think maybe just the shock of it might just be a lot for people the first time. So yeah. a second viewing, you're like, okay. Now I see even more how all this stuff really pairs together perfectly, right? Well, and it's it's a movie that also like you have to talk about it. Yeah, you have to. I've been dying not talking. If you about just it. sit in your own head with it, like you're not experiencing everything to the fullest. Like there's so much stuff that happens in this movie. Like what the fuck? Like it's one of those like it's a very interactive movie in that way where you're going to be responding and yelling at things like at the characters you're going to be like holy fuck like talking to people with you it's like it's meant to be yeah. that way it is a very like like I loved this quote from Zach Kreger that just said this movie was written with joy <laughs> and it's like as bizarre as this movie is and is like really depraved and fucked up like some of the subjects are in it I would say it's one of the most fun and exciting movies I've experienced all year. Oh yeah. And it's like it's masterfully done. Like the the cinematography, the set pieces, like how they use darkness and how they use light, like yeah. Like all the stuff that happens in the stairwell and in the caves and stuff is genuinely terrifying because like they don't try to light anything up. Like they intentionally keep it dark and have these little sources of light that like draw your attention. But like, yeah, you're like, it's very like claustrophobic. Yeah, it is. Um, One of the other things like with the visuals that I thought was super cool that Zach Kreger said was like, and after hearing him say this, I'm like, yeah, I can totally see it. Grabbed like how there's a real duality of visuals in the movie and how like everything. It's like a Fincher movie on the top floor. In a Raimi movie under the house. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yes, that is a thousand percent it. Even the creature design, very Raimi. Yeah, practical looking. And the disturbing, like it's not, I mean, it is gory in certain ways, but it's not like, I would say like the breastfeeding scene is the most disturbing scene and that's not even gory. It's just like a very Raimi thing to do. Yeah, there's very, there's very limited gore. Like the goriest thing is maybe. The eyes gouging out. Yeah, that and Skarsgård's head getting smashed. I'd say the eyes, because you see the jelly of the eyes running down his cheeks. Uh, that's, like, pretty gross. Yeah. Ripping the dude's arm off wasn't really gory. <laughs> it happened so fast. The breastfeeding is obviously the grossest, but, it, like, again, just a lot of the gore just did feel very Raimi. And then another thing that I thought was interesting was because, like, the whole place, or the whole movie, right, is all about this house at 476 Barbary Street, which mm. I love. But a fun fact was that for year 476 is when the barbarians invaded Rome. So I heard something about that. And I heard that somebody said that to to the Kreger. And he was just like, 
He was just like, yeah, that was not intentional. Yeah, I love that as like a fun detail. But I was like, yeah, he's like, no, I I wouldn't know that shit. <laughs> I was like, cool. But yeah, I just think this entire movie is just what a wild ride. We should mm-hmm. have these. I'm excited to see Zach Greger said he was writing a, a horror movie right now that he's like, I'm not sure I'll ever get made. And I'm like, I'm curious what the fuck that is. But I think after Barbarian, the guy's going to have a good shot. I mean, if he can top that. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm really curious now what the fuck he's working on next. Man, what a what a directorial debut. I'm really loving this this trend that we're on with some horror movies this year of like real like this movie was genuinely scary. Like scary movies that also like have fun in the movie. Like when like we just did um we just did X last week. Yes. And like there's so many fun parts in X. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I love that that some of these really great horror movies are incorporating like these tonal shifts yes. within them. And you're like, it kind of, in my mind, a lot of it goes back to like how we, lo- how much we love Malignant. You know, and Malignant yes. and Barbarian are totally different movies. Like, but they're very similar. And it's just like creators being creators and having a lot of fun doing it. The point of Malignant and Barbarian are very different. Malignant was just James Wan having fun. And Barbarian is like him doing this thing the way he wants to do it. Still having fun doing it, but also there is a little bit more of like substance to it, I would say. As much as I love Malignant, this is like Malignant with a little bit of a message, which I think people responded to really well. They really didn't. I think just wild and crazy works, apparently, if you have a message behind it. I don't know. I still think it's fun to just be fucking weird for no reason. But well, And I think the common thing that we're seeing between all these, and let's include Ty West yes, in, please. In, in Pearl, in, in X, when you let these people who have unbelievable skills and craft, when you let them do their thing, you get great things out of it. Yeah, I think yeah. we can just stress again for like the fifth time this month is let fucking creative people do their own shit. Don't try to tame them. <laughs> Don't put them in a box. Don't try to make things cool for the box office. I think after Barbarian, we can safely say people are okay with weird. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? that's not to say that editing is not important because if you don't have a good combination of editing, then you get the Irishman, you know. <sighs> Scorsese going full Scorsese. (laughs) I mean, I love Scorsese. I'm not going to say bad things about him, but I will say I fucking hate the Irishman and I wish that it would (laughs) die. But anyways, continue. (laughs) That's that's all I have to say. I'm I'm glad that we got this movie. I'm glad that it happened before Disney could shut it down. (laughs) I think there's to an extent that there's a good thing. And then there's like, also, I just read that like the new avatar is going to be like three and a half hours. And I'm like, why? What? Stop. Just stop jerking off and calling it a movie. I think that's what James Cameron is doing with avatar. I don't know anyone who's super pumped about it. No offense. If it's going to be three and a half hours, like the theaters better install couches. You know, can handle going to the theaters for these long ass movies, Marvel especially. <laughs> I mean, they make you stick around for not one, not two, but sometimes three fucking post credit scenes. <laughs> I can't hold my bladder that long anymore. Back in the day, I could do it with like Lord of the Rings. I had to do it, but like, I don't have that kind of a bladder anymore. I am over thirty. This is not happening. Stop <laughs> making your. If you make a movie that long, put it on streaming, please. That's that's yes. the only way to watch it. 
or we need movies to do the thing that Hateful Eight did where they had an intermission. Yeah. That was the best thing ever. I love, okay. I've seen so many people hate on a flight and I think we need to do an episode on it because it's one of my, it's my favorite Tarantino movie. I'm going to say hot take. It's the best. It's incredible. I've never laughed harder at a movie in my life. (laughs) It's so goddamn funny. I quote it literally every day. I'm here for hateful eight episode. I fucking love it. We maybe maybe we do the uh maybe we do the the extended cut. Yeah, the the miniseries version. Yeah. Oh, I've watched it a thousand times. It's like a bedtime movie. I put that on and I just fall asleep like a little baby. <laughs> Daisy Domergoo. Oh, I love man. that fucking movie. Okay. So good. But Barbarian. I'm definitely watching this at least twice a year for a oh, couple yeah. years. This is so going to be like in the rotation on the regular. This is this is a regular exclusive coming at you. <laughs> and I think this movie is going to age brilliantly. Yes, it will. Yeah. I'm also now very concerned about buying a house and renting an Airbnb because <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that I could buy a house and a serial killer could still be living in the basement. <laughs> and now I'm like, this is why I don't ever want to buy a house. Never that's, doing it. That's one thing. That's maybe the one big plot hole. There would definitely be that tunnel would have been found in a simple inspection. Maybe, but also like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like, know. If I found that in inspection, I go, you know what? I'm not going to explore this. Not going to say <laughs> anything about this. I think if it's hidden enough, no one will know. And also no one needs to know, but maybe also <laughs> the killer bribed the inspection people. We don't know how deep this guy's pockets go. He's got his own fucking cave house. Who knows what this guy has set up? He's got contingency plans. We need we need a Ty West prequel. Yeah. Just, just focused on that guy. Mother. <laughs> yeah. Who was the first mother? <laughs> Ugh, poor woman. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Great right. movie. Go watch Barbarian if you haven't seen it, guys. Do it. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that deep 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 dive into barbarian yeah god did we have fun going through every second of that i could do it all again honestly <laughs> this is one of those movies we could do like five episodes i think on it it's maybe a movie that we should do every year just for people who haven't watched it yet be like watch this movie and either way you're gonna have a good time mm-hmm. but we are we're taking we're, we're changing things up this week yeah, you know, we're we're out of October. We're pulling the e-brake. We're going in a real different direction. We're taking a bigger turn than like any of the different cuts in Barbarian, I feel like, <laughs> with, with the, the next title. First like official November episode, we're going straight into Sad Girl Season mm-hmm. with Twilight. The Twilight, one and only. It's just Twilight, not the Twilight. Although I, I admire the respect that you're throwing to it because this was actually a very fun rewatch. And uh, we're we're starting with the first one. Uh, that doesn't mean we're doing a series, but just we're going to number one, and that's that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and this is actually a special request episode from my sister-in-law, who texted me and is like, "Hey." could we do an episode on twilight and i'm like yeah fuck yeah i was like are you kidding jace if you say no i'm gonna kill you we have to do twilight so uh my sister-in-law juge is gonna be with us as a a special guest 
huge juge huge juge and uh she she is the she's the oracle of all things twilight so she's she's gonna educate us on some things but and we're gonna have a lot of fun making fun of it and you know maybe maybe having a good time as well (laughs) yeah talking about some things that were good because let's let's be honest there's there's some good shit in that movie there's also some hilarious ass shit but it it really is really fun to watch honestly in my opinion i'll give you this it was better than i remembered there we go i had a better time watching it again than the first time (laughs) yeah well that's not hard to believe yeah but until then in the meantime in the meantime I think it's available on Showtime, but also everyone in the world has seen that movie. So, like, you know, you don't need to watch it again if you don't want to. No, watch Twilight, guys. You can go rent it for, like, a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is. Just get into the nostalgia of it, you know. Just buy it. (laughs) You're going to want to put it on repeat for Sad Girl Season. I'm telling you, it hits Mm -hmm. real different right now. (laughs) It's going to be real good. Yeah. Well, until then... um, Keep doing all the all the social media things. Follow us on all the places. You know where we are. We're everywhere. We should start telling people to not do any of that stuff. Like, please, hey, you know what? Just please, stop. Please don't. It's overwhelming <laughs> how popular we are. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just the fact that like every podcast is always like, tell us what you think. Write a review. I would love to just be like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't want to hear from you. We're just doing this for ourselves. <laughs> we don't need you. We don't need you. We're just here to be here, dude. It doesn't cost <laughs> us a dime, except it does. <laughs> you think you think this podcast is for you? <laughs> costs a lot of money to sound this cheap oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well until then have a great week and um regular exclusive out mm-hmm.